Welcome back to the Lakeland Sports Guys podcast. I'm Tom Carroll along with Chris Cox. We've got the coach, Stan Spivey, in the house coming to you from Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. Come by and see the good folks here. Howard is in rare form today as he's been uh, celebrating seven, his first week of being 70 years old. So uh, come on by and wish him a happy belated birthday. Enjoy some great food in the process as well. And but word of warning, Chris, you got into it with Taylor Swift and the waitresses today. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. They, I mean, <laughs> they love Taylor. That's all we'll say. I, I didn't get into it with them. They were just setting me straight about a couple of things. So. <laughs> It is what it is. We're glad you're joining us here. Coming to you from Howard's on Main and Uptown Greenwood. A lot to talk about. Had a big win for uh, the Eagles in Region 1. Emerald continues to struggle a little bit. 96 picked up a big win as well. And uh, we'll get into all of that here in just a second. But first, let's go ahead and... uh, Talk a little bit about Chris's chaos, because when we start with college, your chaos has gone absolutely nuts this weekend. There was a lot of games that you had picked, and, and the ones that you you stepped aside and said, no, I don't think this is going to happen, actually didn't happen. So it's a good thing you got what you got in Chris's chaos. I tell you, I think this week I might throw an NFL game in there just because that's where all the chaotic happened this past week in the NFL side. But, yeah, I had a couple – like I said, we had a couple big games. We started – I went against Utah two weeks ago with, with Southern Cal, and I said, you know what, I believe DJ Uwe is going to prove me that he's, he deserves to be at Oregon State, and they come out with a big win. DJ, just for the record, 14-25, He's been cutting the turnovers down, but the reason I picked this one, Tom, was because of Deshaun Fenwick, our old mm-hmm. running back at Carolina, and the coach gave him six carries and he got a yard, so that was not the reason they won that game. Defense won that game for him, but did well. I went on a limb, and like I said, it really wasn't a chaotic pick because Florida, who was ranked, it was at Kentucky. Both teams were undefeated, or I think Florida had one loss already. But and I just I'm not I, O'Leary's probably not going to be the answer at Kentucky. But I said, you know what? I'll take that game just because it could it could happen, and it did. It ended up being a route. Which is going to set up maybe chaotic for this coming, maybe <laughs> we'll see. But the one that really I really went out on limb was for Troy because I always say Troy because of the big city where I live at. But they took on a, a team that had just beat Stan's coastal team, and I was like, I wasn't impressed with with Georgia State. I, I still love Sean Elliott. I think he's a great coach. He's at the right spot. But Gunnar Washington Watson for Troy is a really good quarterback. I mean, he's got eight touchdowns and only two picks this year. And they end up pretty much beating the brakes off of a Georgia State team that was a really good team and had beaten Coastal the week before. So those were the games. And the only one I did lose, I, I lost to Vandy because I took Vandy over uh, – Missouri, and Missouri's got a big game coming up Saturday, too, so we'll see how that goes with the picks this week. Well, Missouri's been uh, kind of the, the Cinderella of the SEC as of right now. They're still undefeated? Yeah, that run, that receiver they got, Durkin, is that his name? I think it's Durkin. Durkin or something. That kid is quick, and, I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely have to worry about him in, in, in the future here, but they play a team, they're at Missouri at home, which we'll talk about Thursday, but they got LSU coming in, and they can't be happy. <laughs> LSU just cannot be a happy football team right now. So that might be one we definitely look at for chaotic maybe, but I don't know. But all in all, the chaos was pretty good this weekend. I, you notice I did not – maybe I need to pick Erskine. Maybe that's one I need to pick. Maybe. And Shap just says, you know what? We're going to do it. If he's picking us, we're going to do it. So <laughs> Coach Boyd, maybe you need to go see him tonight and see what he's going to do over it. Over at his show tonight at sports break, but well, let's start with Erskine and the and the Flying Fleet because they oh, went on the road oh. to take on a very very good er, um, 
Wingate team, and that was at Wingate, by the way. It did not go their way. 45 nothing was the final <laughs> in this one. Um, Wingate's quarterback, Brooke Bentley, 125 yards total through the air. He finished the night uh, as the game's leading passer. His running back, uh, Corey Seymour, 78 yards and three scores, all coming in the first half of play. By the way, these guys didn't play in the second half. This is how lopsided this game was. Wingate had 475 yards of total offense. Erskine only had 49. Yeah, and this is starting to be a theme and a concern. Um, make no bones about it. Wingate's a lot better football team than Erskine is. We hate to say that, but, I mean, you got to be honest with what you're saying and what product's out there. And like I said, I don't know the answer for Coach Boyd. I mean, like I said, one week it looks like they're really improving. They're going to get better, and then they, they come up against a team. And I don't mind calling Wingate a powerhouse team. And then a road game at that, too, which is a good little ride up there. But, uh, like I said, I, I'm sure you're going to tell me about Mr. Pender, Ponder, the quarterback and what he did. And <laughs> did we run the ball? That's the so, question I would ask. Mark Will Brown was the only, well, the leading rusher, if you want to count it, uh, on the night. 23 yards on just three carries that he had. Um, that was their leading tackler was Nolan Holloway, by the way, uh, for the Flying Fleet. He had 11 tackles on the night to go along with that. But, um, yeah, Ponder didn't – it wasn't pretty. Um, we'll just call it that. Passing yards totaled 12. Rushing yards totaled 37. Um, they got penalized three times for 50 or 40 yards in the process. Only picked up six first downs or one in ten on third down conversions to go along with it. So uh, you tune in tonight, uh, you know, over uh, on WZLA and, and – the coaches show that's going to be going over there with Benji and stuff. Go ahead and call in. Ask coach, hey, what do we need to do to correct this? Um, you know, what, what, what's going on? I think I'll just text Benji. He can just pass my along. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know who they got coming up. You do, I'm sure. But And we'll talk about it more on Thursday. Yeah, they, they, uh, they're staying on the road. Um, they're going to take on Mars Hill. Mars Hill's 3-1 <laughs> and one and 2-1 and one in the sack. So, um, yeah, uh, a tough you know, game. It'll be a 2 just, game. I think they just need to continue to run the ball. Try to run the ball and try to maintain possessions. You know, get out from behind the chains, but it's obvious your passing game isn't getting you anywhere. And see, they've been we thought we thought that he had the run game kind of straightened out when he when they played Newberry and um, the game after the Newberry game, they had some good yardage um, running the ball, and we just felt like that maybe they were starting to get into a rhythm with the run game and. I don't know what happened, Coach. I don't know if you got players hurt on your O-line or what. But uh, I, I think, think they just ran into a really I good defense. I think competition that they're playing that level. You know, it's been a lot like with, with, with Shane Rattler at Carolina. Pender's been in the same shake. He's been under duress for the majority of – and that's why he does. That's why I asked you about rushing yards. When you said 45, yeah. I was like, well, there's sacks in that too. But, you know, when your quarterback's you're running for his life and he's being sacked, I mean, he's not going to have positive rushing yards. We know that. So – it looks like one thing we're going to have to really worry about this year after this year's over, we're going to have to get, start getting some O-linemen, D-linemen, uh, both sides. Because if you got anybody that's like a, a defensive lineman, he can be taught to play offensive line and vice versa. I mean, they're going to have to start getting some – instead of the skill set guys they have, Stan, they've got skill set yeah, guys. They do. They just don't seem to have the line play that they need to have. And that's the first thing we would address because ask Coach Bennett Wednesday when you talk to him about the trenches. He'll tell you, trenches <laughs> is where you start it. So. Well, that's well, where he starts. And, and the thing, you know, you and it's, it's at every school. Uh, nowadays, 
what all the rules at the high school have got, you know, you can only practice so many hours. You can only hit so many hours. It's hard to find an old lineman. Yeah, you're right. It's to, uh, a tough, you know, because usually the bigger old lineman can get by in high school just because of their size. But all of a sudden they get to the Division One level, and it doesn't matter if you're 6'5", 350, because the guy across from is just as big. Or if he's not as big, he's a lot quicker than you, and his first step's better than your first step. But, And I think a lot of that goes back to the high schools and them not being able to hit no more than they hit. Well, the ones that the local high schools around here, we got some really good ones here, but you think about guys like Greenville, who we deal with a lot because we play them, but all of their big stud linemen are going to Columbia or Clemson. What's the kid's name? Sadler that went to y'all – Two I'm years fine. ago, and then we're getting the other kid this year to Columbia. The the local kids, they want to play for the bigger teams, but you've got to have players out there somewhere. I mean, it isn't like Carolina who has to go to Yale to get a guy to come back in, you know, to be an offensive lineman like we're having this year. But there's players out there, and like I said, if if they if this team, especially this team, and I'm going to say why, because Shap knows Barnwell evidently pretty well because he's had both of the, the Penders play quarterback for him. Surely there were some linemen down there in centers that, that played with, with both of those kids that would love to come to Erskine on a, on a partial scholarship, scholarship, whatever, to play with a teammate that they're familiar with. It's just a matter of going out and finding them. And like you say, Stan, there's just not that many out there on that offensive line. If you got one, you got a good one, you better keep him. Well, the, the better ones are going to get scooped up. Well, they are. By, by the Clemson's, the Carolinas, the Georgias of the world. And – and then you go to that next tier, and they're going to get what's left. So Shep is in a hard way unless he can find a kid that may be a little undersized in high school but's got the right mentality. But all of a sudden, between that senior year and maybe sophomore year in college, the guy hits a growth spurt, and all of a sudden he is the big guy. Now you got the problem of keeping him at your school. <laughs> Don't let him enter the portal, Coach. You get a big one that's got some ump about him. Well, Greenwood's I mean, got one. We got a Dak Seaborn that's coming up, and I, I think about a kid. I had, got Sergeant. And yeah, got some yeah. good ones coming. I had through. asked his mom about it because he's at Clemson, and that's Noah Kastner, who we watched last year. Yeah. Really good offensive line player. Just I guess didn't want to play ball that much anymore, but. It may have been just a nudge from Shad Boy, and that kid would have been at Due West, a lot closer to home, but he may not have been at Clemson. But like I said, we you know, we got some guys. I mean, I know not. I mean, just you know, the one thing that they do well at Erskine is they do recruit local kids, and I like that aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of having to go way out, you got a lot of good teams around here. I mean, he's got one. You got to have a lineman over at Dixie somewhere, over with Coach Sarah probably. That you got somewhere that you can pull and, and let him stay at home. But like I said, you got to build the trenches if you're going to ever get anything started. And then, then defensively, that's another whole story there. But I think that this week it was the same. It's been for a couple weeks in a row. They just went up against a stronger, better opponent. Well, I'm counting six transfers that they've got in, either a junior college or from another college uh, of caliber that have come in to the Flying Fleet to go along with that. But they've got they've got some good guys. They've got some guys from Gray. They've got some guys from uh, Sumter, um, Fort Mill, Irmo, St. Joe's. <laughs> I mean, there's some guys that have come in from some of the area teams, that you know, and those teams have done really well. But those are still freshmen coming in as an 18-year-old 
playing against possibly some five- and six-year seniors that are 21, 22, 23 years old that have played the game for four years. And so you're you dealing know, with some youth is yeah, what you're saying. And Shep, you know, he's into, what, like year five now. So he should – he's been through one full recruiting cycle. Uh, I think we stop right there because I think we're going to be getting on the real point of this problem, and I don't want it to be that. But right. I mean, I think that's a good place to stop there because, yeah. like I said, there are there are rumors, and I'm, I'll leave it at that. And I don't know, but here's the deal: because you know, everybody always tells me I'm the guy that wants to fire the coach all the time, and maybe so. No, Frank had to go. I don't care. No, y'all can hate me forever about old Frank at Carolina, but and this is not the deal here, man. I just I'm interested, in, and here's where you're gonna really start to see that difference that we don't want to see, is when that school right up the street does start playing, and Bobby Lamb starts having success because he's not. I'm telling you, when when Anderson starts, they're gonna start with a bang. They're going to be built ready to play football, and it's just only going to get worse for Coach Boyd and the rest of the crowd there at Erskine. So we really got to turn this thing around and really quick. And like I said, you've only got you midway through the season now, aren't you? Yeah. Or, yes. I mean, you really got to start to turn around. Uh, maybe we just need to go over there. Like I like what Stan's always saying. We're going to find us a priest, a high priest, <laughs> and we're going to take him over there. You might can find one at Erskine. Yeah. And take him over there. We're going to sit down and go just talk to him. Go over to the seminary and see. <laughs> I'm not passing snakes out. or none of that, but now <laughs> I'm just saying, show them some love and, and you know, just let them know that we're here. To, I mean, we're here to help them, not hurt them. And I just, I, I want to dispel any of the rumors because, I mean, they're out there. If you're not winning, the rumors are there, trust me. I think Belichick should be fired today, but that's me. I mean, that's my <laughs> Patriots, but it's not going to happen. But, you know, like I said, I think it's just this year – in year five, though, Stan, you are right when you're saying that we should be a little further along and a little better at certain situations than we are. And I think without without Pender coming back, I dare say where this team would be right now. Without the experience of quarterback that he brought back when he came back for, for this year, I dare say where we would be without him. All right. Uh, moving right along, Presbyterian it went off to take on Butler in Indianapolis uh, for a, a midday game. Uh, on Saturday, and they played pretty well uh, overall. 17-27, Butler came out on top. Um, you know, it, it, this this was a tough game either way that you look at it because Butler is uh, one of those mid-level uh, Division One schools that are there, and Presbyterian, I think, should probably, the way they're playing right now, could play in the in, up in that region, yeah. I think, as well. But, uh, you know, the, the football team – uh, they did well. I mean, Butler had 464 yards of offense. PC had 356. Passing-wise, 323 yards to 165 for Butler. Rushing, 33 for PC, 299 for Butler. So you kind of flip-flop passing and, and you know, the different uh, attacks. Well, we can say PC needs to run the ball better. <laughs> and, and penalties is, is where, where uh, the Blue Hosts had a little trouble. Seven for 60 yards. They did have 13 third downs to Butler's 30 first downs to go along with it that was just a running game that's just we're going to take it four yards in a cloud of dust yep is what that was and and you know if we got to go 80 yards that's that, that's going to be eight touch you know eight uh, first downs to go along with it so it just it added up in a hurry and also hurt them in third down conversions they were two of ten where butler was seven of 14 Again, you, you step out of your comfort zone and you play a team. i tell you what I would like to see, and I'm not – I would really love to see it because if they would play it, I'd like to see a home-and-home home with the basketball team, the Butler Bulldogs basketball team. Now, granted, 
it probably wouldn't be much of a game, but I'd like to see it at least. If they're going to play it, then football, let's play it in basketball. <laughs> let's, let's make it some money in. I mean, because that's the game that you're talking about going to. That might be a good okay. trip to go over there for that. I don't know what that ticket might cost you to get in. Oh, it would cost you. Because they'd be hanging from the rafters. <laughs> They also did have a set of school record. Tyler Wesley was 17 to 28 for 323 yards, but that wasn't the record. The record was Kirby's 93-yard touchdown pass. Set a new school record uh, for the university that is there. That has been uh, in existence since 2007 when uh, uh, all of that happened. So they got a whole brand new uh, starting football back up also. Yeah, so. so. You did good with that one. You went from Erskine to this. They they're rebuilding too, so restarting the program. Yeah. So. Well, I, well, I, and I'm liking what Coach is doing over at PC. I oh mean, yeah, he's, he's got everybody excited over there. They're winning, um, and it, in the games they lose, they're competitive with right now. Um, so I mean, that gives your players a reason to buy into what you're doing. If you don't believe it, then that's the, the new AD. She'll tell you. <laughs> Join it. Get in, get in with us now. Or are you going? You're not coming later. She's excited about it. Um, all right, moving right along, uh, let's head on up the road down to the beach, I guess you would say, uh, and talk about Coastal Carolina because they they, <laughs> uh, they committed four turnovers. Georgia Southern executed a fake punt. Um, they ended up with a 38-28 to win. Uh, that is there. By the way, Grayson McCall scored his first rushing touchdown of the year. We think he should be more involved in the run game, or should we just keep handing it off and go from there, guys? Well, with the stable of running backs he's got, yeah, he <laughs> I don't see trying to get him hurt, but at the same time, this game was unusual because McCall threw four picks. That's that was the key right there, and one of those was a pick six. So, And that's something that McCall usually don't do. Now, I don't know what kind of defense, because this was one of those that was on the Armed Forces Network, and you can't find that. I can't. <laughs> well, it's the same way with Georgia State. Georgia State yeah. really got mm-hmm. to Grayson McCall yep. somehow, some way, ended up committing two turnovers in that mm-hmm. one. And, um, something, what, you know, what's going on? I know yeah. he knows how to read a, a defense. Yeah. They're just disguising it either really well or they're just throwing him something he's never seen before. He only had six last year total, Yeah, I think, last year. Six total. He had four in this one game. Again, man, I mean, you know, Georgia, I mean, Georgia Southern's a different team. You know, he brought the coach in from Southern Cal when Lincoln Riley took his place, and that was a good hire. I mean, the guys – if you can coach on the left coast, you can coach anywhere. And, I mean, I think that that just goes to show you the depth of Sunbelt football. That's why we call it the fun belt, man. I mean, it, it's just every week there could be something even sillier to go out there to happen. But all in all, he had an awful game, and he still throws for two ninety nine. dollars mm-hmm. um, The four yeah. picks is really what hurts you in that game. But Stan's yeah. right. You got Bennett. You got Royce White. You got a bunch of Brown. You got down there. But it was a, it was a highlight game for our man. Yeah. You know, he had another Sam, good game. Sam, Sam has yeah. another good game, and uh, everybody in the fun belt knows Sam is the number one target, but yet he keeps making plays. And he's drawing those number one quarterbacks. <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, he's going against the best each time they play them. So, uh, we'll ask Coach Beck. He'll tell me. All right. <laughs> Here's Tim Beck uh, concerning the Georgia Southern uh, postgame loss. thought we, were, we played gutsy, played really hard, um, good football team. Anytime you have uh, you had four turnovers, faked the punt and got a first down, which is really a turnover. That's five. Missed the field goal. Hard to win, you know. It's hard to win when you when you make those kinds of mistakes. But our effort and intensity was there. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's a hard one to swallow because our guys played hard. 
Coach, you talked about Grayson pressing a little bit tonight. He had a couple of turnovers. Was that him pressing like we talked about earlier in the week? I don't know. I, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, they tipped the ball and scored a defensive touchdown. Like one of the turnovers was a defensive touchdown, right? So um, I don't know that that's pressing. It's a good play on their part. They made some plays. They had a third down towards the end there. Um, kid made a great catch, right? And so I thought our guys battled hard. They battled hard. And uh, I thought Grayson did a lot of really good things tonight. Um, unfortunately, a couple got away from them, and they were turnovers, and, and um, it hurt us. From a positive standpoint, uh, your run game seemed to be coming alive a little bit, especially tonight. So at least you could take that out of here, that uh, that's starting to come together. Yeah, I mean, I. I felt like we're improving in the offensive line area. Um, you know, Braden had a really good game. Um, I think that was big. I think that uh, our guys played hard. Like I keep saying that. Like I, I thought our intensity level, our attitude, our effort, um, they stayed in the game even when things kind of went against us and kept fighting was much different than last week. Much different. And so we're making small, small steps with that. Coach, on a positive note, that first drive, is that something you guys um, work on all week long, like a pre-planned first drive? And, and thoughts on that first drive? I mean, look, well, I mean we, always, we always kind of um, have openers. Coach Trickett always has the opening plays that he wants to try to get to. Um, and we just talked about starting fast. We hadn't been a great starting fast team, I think, for the our first four games prior to going to this. We, the first drive of the game, we've given up points. And defensively, we're only giving up 20 a game. And... and uh, I think we're third in the league behind these guys. They're only giving up 18. And uh, so we talked about starting fast, and I felt like our guys came out and did a really good job of that. All right, so you have Coach Tim Beck for the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers and his thoughts. And you, you can tell he was protecting um, Grayson McCall a little that was there. I, I don't think he, he realized just the kind of game that Grayson had played overall. I think he was one of those where – he wanted to go back and look at the film. <laughs> As Dion would say, I don't know, I haven't seen the film. You can tell he's kind of wanting to go back and look because uh, you don't want to degrade your quarterback in that regard, but um, even though you know he had four turnovers in the process. Like I said, this is the game you couldn't watch. So, I mean, unless right. you had a certain network. You know, you know me, I'm always, when I hear a coach, I'm writing something down. They had a missed field goal. Now, how, how common is this thing going on in it's the state of South Carolina right now? But um, – <laughs> Which is a problem, and I mean, that was before half. So they drive, they execute, Grayson gets it down. They miss the field goal, come out second half, and I believe I heard him say there was two tip balls that were picked off. Mm -hmm. And one was returned for the touchdown. So, yeah, it's actually – you can blame it on the quarterback, but, not, but I mean, how many receivers just, you know, go up to get a ball and they miss it and they tip it up and it's intercepted? So that, that helps me more with Grayson McCall because I know he don't make the mistakes – now, if he tried to push the ball into somebody, he got tipped and, you know, yeah. popped up in there and somebody picked it off. Well, that's a lot better than you just picking one off and taking it at 90 to the house. But, I mean, he's going to be fine. But let's give credit again. I've been following a kid for a couple of years now. He's at Georgia Southern now, and I told you about him last year. His name's Davis Brin. Um, and in this game, he was 34 of 56. He threw 56 times for, for 332. Three touchdowns, no picks, and they ran the ball. They had one kid ran 11 times for 77 yards. So give it give it to them. And they, they had a better game plan. And, I mean, this was another time that maybe 
you don't ever see – well, we don't know a lot about Coach Beck. I mean, he's an NC State offensive coordinator, but he got outcoached. I mean, um, what's – I can't even think of the coach's name. Clay Hendricks is at Furman, so it's Clay whatever it is at, at Georgia Southern. But he was from Southern Cal, and, I mean, implemented a good – and he brought this kid with him from the Pac-12 when he came, you know, you know, a year or two ago, so – Give the give give the credit where it goes, and it goes to uh, Georgia Southern. They're they're a pretty good football team, and now you saying you throw another team in the mix from the fun belt, and this this year it's going to be fun, man. Because yeah. now you got another team you got to worry about <laughs> offensively that can put points on the board. Yeah. Well, it is for for Coastal, it's it's do or die time. You're zero two right now in conference play. You got App State coming up in ten days. To go along with that, so um, you know, I, I hate to say that they were looking ahead, but you know that's your arch nemesis right there that you got coming in. Yep, I was looking at App State; they won forty-one to forty, so that was a shootout game there that I haven't looked at yet. We'll we'll preview that game and all, like I said, going into it. But I, here's the thing: I follow Coastal enough to where now I'm kind of worried about coaching. We hear Coach Trickett's this, this great offensive coordinator, and, and then we know Beck's just starting out as a head coach for the first time. you got to give him a little leeway. <coughs> defense is still the same. Yep. This black what, – what it used to be called? Not the, the black magic defense down at Coastal. Um, this is a team – you've got Grayson McCall. He don't make mistakes very often, man. He he wins you 80% of the games he plays in. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And that the last two games, he you know, they lost to you know, Georgia State, and then they lost this game. So – don't don't throw them in the river yet. I mean, into the Atlantic yet. So if they do, me and Stan gonna dive in and save them. So. <laughs> well, I think I think they need to work a little bit on their offensive line, and uh, it may be that they're, I don't know, like you said, maybe getting out coached with some schemes or whatnot. Um, is the offensive game plan, which we know is different now than it was last year, maybe the blocking schemes are a little bit different in the Offensive linemen hadn't meshed together with the new schemes that they're having uh, to learn. So they got a ton of running backs, and when yeah. you're not running the ball, that's all it can be. Yeah. Is maybe the schemes a little too complex for the for the guys to jump right into. It's almost like when you take a new job. It's like I always tell you, the first thing you got to do if you don't have the players for your scheme, you got to adjust your screen for the players that you got. They ran the ball great last year. Yeah. Maybe Coach Beck and Trickett just sit down and say, "Hey." It's a little bit too big a skill set for these guys to learn right off the bat. Let's let's tone it down a little bit. Let's run that coastal gap, whatever we want to call it. We got a Bennett, we got a Royce White, we got a Brown, and each one of them guys can get a hundred yards on any given day. Let's do it against App State if that's who the next opponent is. Take the pressure off Grayson, and then you're gonna see Grayson with that three hundred yard passing game again, and probably a win. Yeah. So simplify it for your lineman, and it. I mean, linemen are not stupid. They're smart guys. It's just you change blocking schemes and you change things like that. And it's you, it's not an easy fix, but you go in there and just a couple practices in a row, you go in there and you'll see the changes. Maybe it's moving a guy, moving with another guy, like in Columbia. Yeah. Uh, with, with my buddy, what's his name, Babale? Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, just just a side note on this, Brandon Bennett, uh, we mentioned him, and you heard in the interview the running game was improving, 114 yards and a touchdown he had in this game against uh, Georgia Southern. So, me and Stan don't know nothing. It's just not a they, – they're running the ball. It's just a matter of we got more guys than the one well, guy. So so. It's the first time this year they've gone over 100 yards yeah. rushing. So, so they're, they've got it. I mean, they, these guys aren't – I mean, these coaches are good coaches. We, You know, Mr. Pickney talks about Coach Trickett all the time and how impressed he's been with him. So. 
All right, uh, moving right along, game that happened up in Tennessee in Knoxville. Uh, Same Beamer had his night conference call, Sunday night conference calls to go along with that. Got to tune into all of that. But USC uh, off to two and three start as of right now. Um, all three of the losses away from Columbia. Um, you know, to a teams that have combined right now that are 18 and five that are really good. And at this point, uh, you know, Shane Beamer pretty much basically said, Hey, I'm not trying to make any excuses. Um, it's a difficult schedule and we are playing away games with, you know, top 25 teams. And that's, you know, uh, that's a, a credit to our guys for sticking it out and, and playing the way that they have been playing. But you also got to look at it too, that, you know, he, what he says is he plans to practice his guys today through Wednesday and kind of give them a break for the rest of the week after that as they get ready for a game that's coming up against Tennessee or against Florida. Was the Tennessee game that much of a physical game that you have to give them Thursday and Friday off? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm going to jump at that one, yes. Um, especially our defensive line, man. We're, we're bruised, we're beaten, we're, we're blue. Uh, I mean, well, and with the offensive line too. I mean, he he made a comment on his show yesterday. Uh, you know, we're down seven offensive linemen right now due to injury. So this off week comes at a good time. Uh, maybe we get juice back after the uh, thing, but uh, we'll see. All right. Well, here's Shane Beamer and the Sunday night conference calls. What he had to say to kick things off. Coming out of last night, injury wise, uh, no real. No real concerns, just some your normal bumps and bruises, but uh, nothing that we expect to be uh, long-term. Off week is certainly coming at a good time. We're extremely uh, beat up, as you know, on both lines of scrimmage, and it showed last night, so we have to get healthy. Uh, looking at the tape today, uh, guys that played well, uh, that gave us a chance to win that we felt like um, defensively, Jalen Kilgore and Nick Eman Worry. Uh, offensively, Trey Knox and Mario Anderson. And then on special teams, Mitch Jeter and uh, and Hunter Rogers. Uh, really, everything that I said last night, post game to you guys, I uh, feel the same way. You know, today, offensively, we, we have to be better. We missed way too many opportunities. You know, when you fake a punt, you got the ball in plus territory, and you go backwards, get no points out of it. And when you uh, get a kickoff out of bounds and you get the ball when they were already kicking off from the 20, and you get the ball on the 50-yard line and you go backwards and get no points out of it, uh, it's hard to win games on the road in this league when that happens. It's hard to win games, period, when that happens. And uh, we didn't capitalize on opportunities last night, way too many. Negative plays, meaning sacks and tackles for loss. And, uh, you know, third and fourth down, obviously, we're, uh, we were nowhere good enough on third down and fourth down. And we do situational football would be key in this game, playing with who they are and, and uh, how they play football. And we weren't good enough. We have to be better. Uh, defensively, you know, they gave us an opportunity. Uh, obviously, the stats weren't, aren't what we want but uh, from a defensive standpoint. But we, they, we got two turnovers defensively, which we told our team this was turnover battle was going to be key going into the game. We were literally tied with Tennessee in turnover margin. We had both created five, and we had both given away four, so we were both plus one, and that we needed to win it, and we did. Uh, we got three three-and-outs, I think, all in the third quarter, 
as well. So our defense got stops in the third quarter and gave us gave our offense an opportunity, and we weren't able to capitalize. You know, the disappointing thing, the biggest disappointment from a defensive standpoint was one the three drives, and you know, three drives can be a difference in a game, but the uh, the um, um, you know beginning of beginning of the second half, early two main drives in my mind, the beginning of the second half when we allowed, excuse me, the first drive of the game, I'm sorry, first drive of the game where we pin them deep and they're taking over on the six-yard line and we allowed them to go 94 yards on their opening drive for a touchdown. The first drive of the second half where we allowed them to go 75 yards for a touchdown. And then when we kick a field goal to cut it to a two-score game, another 75-yard drive, so we were out there too many plays in the second half and weren't good enough defensively on third down. Uh, we've got to get more pressure on the quarterback. You know, you look at said this is going to be a line of scrimmage game, and uh, they had way too many, their defense, way too many tackles for losses and sacks against us, and we only created one sack and one tackle for loss, and that was by a linebacker. So, you know, part of that is depth and being able to play more bodies. I mentioned it last night, not making excuses, but losing TJ was a big loss for us because it forced Boogie and Tonka to play a lot more than we needed them to. And and they weren't as productive in the fourth quarter as we needed them to be. So we've got to continue to help those guys uh, by developing more and more depth. Proud of our defensive backs, you know, for all the crap they took the week before after the Mississippi State game. Uh, y'all watch the game. I mean, our game plan going into this game against Tennessee wasn't play soft and, and play soft coverage and and protect our DBs. It was it was get up and, and challenge their receivers, and we basically you know essentially played man coverage, man principles the entire night. Um, you know, the interception was a great job by our defensive backs. The, the DQ's interception, a great job of our DBs disguising you know man coverage and then playing too deep behind it. But other than that, we played a whole lot of. Uh, a whole lot of uh, man coverage and, and brought pressure, and those guys did a great job challenging their receivers and, and making tackles. Uh, looking at it, we got to clean up some technique issues. We gave up way too many quick slants, which that's a big part of their offense. We got to be better on the quick slant technique standpoint. But proud of the DBs, and key for us is we have to get better as a uh, football team. Told the team today, we no one expected to be two and three. I think we're better than a two and three team. But uh, we've got to get a whole lot better. Off week's a great opportunity for us. It's a work week for us. We have to get better. We have to get healthy. We got to develop our young guys. And um, you know, you know, we know we're, we know we're dealing with some issues right now uh, that we've just got to overcome and do a better job coaching and putting our guys in position. All right. To, uh, so there you have Coach Shane Beamer of South Carolina and his uh, Sunday night conference calls that went through there. And uh, when you when you look at it, and he, he made that comment towards the end, and I'm going to start there, you know, we're better than a 2-3 and three team. You should have beat North Carolina, and you probably should have beat Tennessee. Those are the two games that he's really talking about. I'm going to let him tell you because I'm going to put the blast again. Because well, I mean, and, and, I'm tired and, of hearing this. We Coach, should be here. We should be there. I mean, Coach Beamer's right, but in the end, um, you look at it, you're one and two in the conference. I mean, uh, and you still got plenty of conference games ahead. Now the next one you've got is Florida. They're coming into your place. You win that one and you're back to two and two. Mm-hmm. And you still got games to play, so it's – Put everything else behind you and let's move forward. Let's get some people healed up. We know we need help on the offensive line because we've got so many injuries there. And the def- and like you said, and on the offensive and defensive lines, both are struggling right now. But that's due to lack of depth. 
And same way with your linebackers. And we've started playing some of our linebackers a little more, some of our number twos. Um, and it's going to help down the road. Uh, is it this year? Um, it might not be this year. It may be next year, you know. Uh, if we can give Rattler time to throw, I think we'd, uh, we've got the receivers. I mean, it's been shown more than once. I do think that we <clears throat> have to turn around and give the ball to Anderson. Put him in the game, say, you number one, you starting the game, and you're going you gonna to get the ball 15 to 20 times on run plays. And then we might flare you out on a couple of wheel routes. So, uh, he's proven he can catch those. I saw him throw one heck of a block on the blitzing middle linebacker the other night uh, to keep him off Rattler. So uh, I think he knows the, the running back role. And I think we just need to – I hate it for the carry on. You know, the kid's a great Carolina man. Uh, but we got to take that RB1 tag off him and put it on Anderson and tell Johnny you – you stay ready. You got three, four positions we're gonna play you at. You be ready to go give us your hundred ten percent no matter where we put you at in the ball game. I like the assessment. I just don't believe in the Beamers developed this thing and I we saw it on ESPN Fox Sports the other day. And if you watch any of the things, is he cries about every little thing and I mean it's just a matter of this. We are better than a one and two team. I mean, you hit the net on the head. You're right where I thought – I got us at 6-6. Six and six. Now, a lot of people think we were an 8-2 team. If you think that, I just think you better find you another football team because I don't think this team is going to get there this year. No, oh, well. But it's illusion of, of, of grandeur, as they say, and we're better than this. I don't know why we're playing this. But I, you do know why, because we don't have depth in your lineup. We don't have this. And instead of the, the coach speak, just tell it like it is. We're not ready to play these teams. We're in the SEC. We're not in the ACC. We're not in the fun belt. We're in the SEC to play football. And unfortunately, this year, Florida should be a winnable football game. Not this week, but next week when they come to Carolina. It should be. Mm -hmm. But here's what's going to happen. You may give you a, a spoiler. Graham Mertz may go for 450 yards in that game. And what's going to be the excuse then? Our defensive pressure, we just hurt everywhere. You can't use it no more after the bye week because you got time to heal. I mean, I'm still not satisfied with play calling. I definitely agree with you about Mario Anderson. The kid needs the ball 20 times a game. And, and if you can't see that or you don't realize that's what's going on, then Coach Loggins, unfortunately, we're going to do something else that way too. Um, I would still love to see the carry on at quarterback in the red zone. I think a lot of things would be done that way. Hey, put old Spence back beside him and then put the carry on at quarterback and have another one beside him. On a, on a third and short or something, and let's see what they can do together. You know, that could be a flip back side or whatever it is. I mean, but the the, the illusions that we were going to be a 10-2 team, that never was a possibility this year with the team we got. And unfortunately for guys like Leggett um, and those other guys, I mean, I love DK too. He's been a team player. I'd still rather see him at receiver. I like to see him at quarterback some in, in, in the red zone. Um, he, he's the best Wildcat guy you could put out there. And he should have been using against North Carolina. And it's the games we're losing. I mean, they don't get any easier. So I don't see where we're going to, like, totally improve. I mean, I want to be that guy that's, you know, we got ten, we got four games in a row in the SEC we're going to win. I don't see them. I mean, 
as as bad, let's let's be honest, as bad as Florida really is this year, I still, unfortunately, I think they can probably come into Carolina and get a win, and I, that shouldn't be the case as long as we got the team and players that the coach says we have. Well, let's talk about the uh, off the things that he can't handle, like the train crew eating hot dogs and coming out late. <laughs> well, <laughs> things of that nature that are coming out that, that you see him really get aggravated about. One of those this time around was, and we saw it as well, Stan pointed it out to us, was that the officials were stopping to allow the defense to substitute when they didn't substitute offensively. Um, you know, that's that's something that, the white hat has to watch for, uh, and should be watching for. When he, when we found out when he goes to that cr- iron cross, that means you allow the defense to substitute. Okay. That means he also has to be watching the offense to allow that iron cross to go out. Go if out. the offense doesn't substitute, you can't do it. You're not supposed. Well, to. He's got a guy though that should be helping him with that call. And right. you're right, Stan. Right. That that's ridiculous <laughs> with the hot dogs. We see Coach Dean every week at Greenwood. How you wants to run it at 100 miles an hour. I'm really good with that speed, too. You just got to have it where you can do it. I mean, that that's the issues at hand. And like I said, offensive line's better. Um, me and Stan both say going into this game that, that this would be – Tennessee would run the ball to beat us, and they did. Here's your stat. 40 carries, 238 yards. That's, a, that's six yards a clip and three touchdowns. What did surprise me about this game was the fact that Milton, who I don't have a, a lot of confidence in, he's kind of like Mill Row at, at uh, Alabama, but 21 for 32, pretty good night, 239, a touchdown and the two picks. Kilgore, mm-hmm. um, and, and like I said, they're getting players worked into play, but, I mean, we're, we're basically also not midway, but we're close to midway through the season. We shouldn't have depth issues already. This is something that – these guys should be ready to be playing football. Um, and if they're not ready, then we got to hit the portal stand. We got to hit it hard. If we got to hit it, I know you're a big, not a portal guy, and <laughs> I mean you got to hit it. And, and if we we don't loyalty, loyalty, my friend, no loyalty, man. It, <laughs> you know what? I told you when these guys started getting paid to play college football, and a scholarship wasn't enough. You know, seven and threes out the window now. That's a bowl game to the. Uh, Sardine Bowl, wherever that would be, that's not acceptable. All right. Well, we got. We'll talk about that coming up because there's a lot of high school yep. interaction with that as well, uh, coming up in a minute. But uh, anything else on South Carolina, guys? I think it's us in Colorado in the bowl game. <laughs> I'll go ahead and say it right now. I think it's us in Colorado in the bowl game. It'll be the most publicly watched game ever. Prime <laughs> against Shane. Myrtle Beach Bowl. Myrtle Beach. That'd be bowl. fine. I mean, I, no, because Prime's going to raise Shane because you got to go to coast in the wintertime. Wrong coast. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, with that, uh, we made mention South Carolina has the bye week. So, we'll talk about uh, talk a little bit about them on Thursday to go along with that. The other game was noontime game uh, up at Syracuse. Uh, evidently, somebody went up there and performed the exorcism because Clemson came out and. Really, there wasn't a lot of weird things that went wrong. For Syracuse, there was, but not for the Clemson Tigers this time around. 31-14 win. It was a solid win against Syracuse. Um, Dabble Sweeney's 100th ACC win to go along with that. The Tigers now above 500 at 3-2 and two on the season. 1-2 and two in league play that goes along with it. And, uh, you know, uh, Sweeney defected a lot of the praise from that milestone 100 win basically towards uh, his players in this game. He's, you know, it's not necessarily me. It's the guys that are on the field. I can't be out on the field is basically what he said. Well, they came out like and, and accomplished what we had talked about. You need to come out fast, which the defense came out fast. 
got turnovers, gave them short fields. We said you need to win the turnover battle. They won that. We said you need to have win the chunk play battle. They did that. Now, it may have been later in the game, but they still got the big plays. Um, we saw Klubnick getting more and more comfortable. It seems like his go-to guy is going to be Brown. He's just a freshman, but, I mean, I think the guy was talking we get 12, we get, 15 times. We so. get Williams back. It'll, it'll, he'll have to share the ball. Well, and, and a little bit on Williams, I don't know exactly if his is an ankle or a hammy or what, but I'm looking at this week you've got Wake Forest coming into your place, and then you got your bye week. Um, unless he's totally 100%, Williams, you in street clothes this week. <laughs> And then that gives you another week to get healed. I want him back. I don't want it. I don't want Clemson to play him at ninety percent. I mean, just don't do it, Clemson. You've got enough. <laughs> you've the, the running back room. Excuse me. The wide receiver room is starting to show up, um, but it's once we weren't really expecting. Now, uh, Bridgestone or whatever the tight end. Chris has been saying all season you need to start getting the ball to the kid. Well, uh, he was talking six or seven times Saturday. Well, that's what he needs to get. Uh, the big, I think the big surprise to everybody was just how good Brown could come in, learn the offense, learn the route tree. And the good thing about when Brown catches the ball, he gets yards after catch. Very few times are you going to see him brought down. Uh, well, what we didn't him. see was his speed yeah, when right. he was against – I mean, you know, because we always played over the top, made sure he yeah. couldn't beat us over the top uh, when he was at Greenville. But he has taken the top off. And, I mean, just flat out running the DBs. I guess it well, is. Well, he's, he's taking a 10-yard pass and making it a 50-yard yeah. run. You know, it's the yards after catch. He's like that, yak. Yeah. The, 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 other, the other receivers aren't doing that. I mean, they're catching the ball, yeah, but they might get two or three yards and then they're getting tackled. Uh, Collins had a big play that went for about 50 over the top, but I think that was a blown coverage on Syracuse's part because there was nobody within 20 yards of him. And it was just clubbing, you've got to throw this ball on target because it's a touchdown if you do. And he did. And uh, so we're seeing continued improvement. The thing I still, in the back of my mind, I keep thinking. Um, and especially because they went to Syracuse because they've had quarterbacks get injured up at Syracuse. Who's your number two quarterback? And, you know, we know Riley is working with Klubnik to get him ready to play this game. And you can see it. His decision-making is getting better. He's, he's setting his feet. He's turning his shoulders. He's stepping away from pressure. Um, so he's getting a lot of coaching by that quarterback's coach and the offensive coaching staff. But who's the number two guy, and is he getting any of that? Because, And I don't want Klubnick to get hurt. I, I, I don't. But what happens if he does? He's starting to play well. Uh, still a few questions on the offensive line. Uh, that, you know, five games into the season you wouldn't expect to have with Clemson. But, and Syracuse going to that 3-3-5 Pretty much shut down Clemson's run game. Well, yeah, and I think they, Shipley I with think, 66, Moffa with 46, and yeah. Brown one carry for 23, and yeah. Klubnick ran for 21. So Yeah, you had about 125, 30 yards. And I think most 
offensive coordinators are shooting for that 150 mark or better. But, you know, Syracuse, and this is where Clubnick came up big. Syracuse said, we're going to take your run game away from you, Clemson. Your run game is not going to beat us. Clubnick, you're going to have to beat us, and Clubnick come out and beat them. Yeah. But, <laughs> now, with a lot of help from his friends, let's say, because that defense gave them a lot of short fields. And then even the special teams for Clemson started playing better than what we had seen in the past. Yeah, how many times did they, Clemson start on their side of the field? I counted yeah, four possessions. Four or five, yeah. And then and how many times did Syracuse start inside their 20 mm-hmm. because of the punt game and all? Uh, the kicking game, hey, we hit another field goal. We also missed another your, field goal. You missed one, <laughs> but you hit all your extra points. So, and and <laughs> – and the good thing about it is Dabo, we, you feel like Dabo's got confidence in this guy to send him out to try that field goal, even though he missed it. You know, pat him on the head, okay, we'll get him next time. Uh, yeah, you want him to be two for two, but as Chris says, these kickers have a mind of their own. And and we still got to remember, this guy's only been practicing two weeks. That's the key. <laughs> you know, you know That's let, the key. Let, let him get through this week, and then you got an off week, and you know, so you got a couple more weeks before Clemson really hits the meat of their schedule. They got time still, with, even with Wake Forest come town, they can make some adjustments, move some people around, keep Williams out, keep Brown in the game, and figure out where you're going to put Williams when he does come back, uh, and get your run game mm-hmm. going again. Because you got two good running backs, you need to get them the ball. Um, well, here's what Dambo had to say uh, Sunday uh, conference calls. Uh, it was a little earlier this time on Sunday night than normally. Um, and he was uh, quite enthusiastic about uh, his team's play and the effort that they gave. Really proud of our team and our staff uh, for just, um, you know, responding um, the way they did. You know, really just a great win for us. You saw the heart and the toughness and the fight of our team and our staff. You know, it's a uh, um, you know, difficult place to go win and, and uh, to see us respond like that. I was really, really proud of that. And not only that, to see <clears throat> two of our six-year seniors, the only two we got, uh, really kind of set the tone for the game and uh, with Maskell and causing the fumble and then XT picking one up as well. Uh, but, you know, the guys just, uh, you know, did a great job. Uh, again, you're you're playing a top ten scoring offense and top ten scoring defense, undefeated uh, team on the road, their place, coming off an excruciating loss. Uh, just really proud of our of our team and uh, again the staff as well <clears throat> for uh, finding a way to win and and, uh, and we did we did so many good things when it comes to our plan to win as far as big plays. And, you know, obviously winning the turnover margin, if we can create some consistency and, and being even or winning the margin, I think I think we can create some momentum uh, within our season. That's been a huge thing for us and uh, just really uh, you know, proud of what I saw. We had a little bit of adversity late, and, and uh, it was good to see our, us respond to the adversity within the game uh, as well. So, so many good things, a lot of great individual, uh, you know, performances, uh, some, some players, uh, defensively, again, another great this, this offense was, you know, good. It's really good to see the complimentary football. Uh, so just really, uh, you know, proud of how they competed. Certainly some things that 
we can clean up. We had one little bad series, three or four bad plays in a row, and um, uh, had a, had a had a critical bust uh, on the tight end down in the red zone. And uh, but a lot of things we can we can keep improving upon. But you know, all in all, a good team win. And same thing offensively. Um, you know, they're top ten scoring defense, and their philosophy coming into the game as we settled into the game was they 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 were going to just, you know, pressure us and uh, challenge us to beat them with the passing game. And uh, we were able to do that, you know, so really proud of uh, how Cade played. I thought he was outstanding, uh, just had some huge, huge uh, plays in the game and uh, some big scrambles versus the pressure. It was another very good third down game, 8-16, of 16, and, and then we converted off the turnovers into points. So, again, good complimentary football. Um you know, had had some individuals, same thing, play really well, uh, but definitely some things we can clean up. Had too many negative plays, uh, a couple sacks, <clears throat> some penalties. Uh, obviously, had the miss there, down in the red zone. Uh, so, uh, and then special teams. Uh, you know, another solid day. I think our punt team has been really good for us. I mean, the, the two yards of return. Aiden has continues to do a nice job. Robert six touchbacks. Aiden uh, White's. Uh, it's good to see him make make a kick. One for two there. Continue to create some confidence. So, uh, a lot of good things. A good team win, and again, a tough place uh, to go play. Um, and so, I'm proud of our guys to, and, and again, how they responded. Uh, and uh, so, hopefully, we can uh, get back at it tomorrow and see if we can find a way to. Win one this week. All right, so you're going to have Coach Dambo Sweeney for the Clemson Tigers and what he had to say in his Sunday night press conference to go along with all of that. And He pointed out that you won the turnover battle, and they did 2-1, to one, and that was uh, that's huge compared to the losing it the last three or four games in the process. So that was able to turn around. The defense was actually coming up. Uh, they caused a the fumble. They also picked up an interception in the process. So the defense is starting to get those turnovers. Um that we had talked about them having to do in order to get your offense that shorter field. Yeah, just getting the shorter field help. Now, <clears throat> it doesn't help in your stats, but <laughs> it, it helps when the, when you don't have to drive that 75, 80, 85, 90 yards to, to score. Um, you much rather start on your side of 50, and I think we were talking earlier that, you know, best we could remember, there was four or five series that Clemson started in plus territory, and that's huge mm-hmm. against any defense. I want to, I want to, you know, we've been down on a guy like Wes Godwin for a while, and I think today, B-Rad probably, today's the day you give that man applause, because I'm going to tell you what Wes Godwin deal. He's got defenders, that he, he's got players hurt. Let me tell you what he's taught these kids. Look, you got extra defenders on your team. It's called a sideline. And how many passes did Schrader try to throw that boundary pass that, you know what, they weren't going to work the boundary this weekend, and they didn't work the boundary. The thing I think is the, the most critical of this whole deal is you're talking about a team that scores a lot of points in Syracuse now. They've had two games they scored right at 55 points because they played nobodies. This team still averages 40 a game, and they got held 31-14. That's where your credit should go to. Klubnik played the game of his life. He's only going to get better. He's going to do the same thing against Wake. Wake's defense is not near as good as Syracuse's defense. So, uh, I give it to Wes Godwin this week. Man, I think defensively did what they had to do. And, and like I said, he even taught the defenders, man, you're not by yourself. you got an island out there. Use it because it's called a boundary. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he, he was playing uh, more 
I don't want to say he didn't want he didn't let the defense just light the hair on fire and go at him. He was playing to keep Schrader from beating them with his legs. He didn't think Schrader could beat him through the air, which was obvious in uh, some of the coverages that we saw. But Schrader didn't get didn't pull off the big run that he has been able to pull off against everybody else. And that's where that three three five comes into play. Did they have a spy on Schrader the whole night? I don't know. But to your point, too, Shipley and Moffa didn't have huge games. Neither one of them had 100 yards. Both of them had a chunk play, though, of 30, 30 plus. Uh, so there were some busts in there, but uh, it was a, I think it was a good game plan. Uh, defensively, I think he's still playing. And maybe this is the way Clemson's defense is going to be played from now on out. It's not the Brett Venables defense that we're used to seeing where they're just all out from everywhere. Uh, it's a little more may, conservative. May, maybe it's a yeah. little more conservative. We're going to start picking and choosing our spots a little more. Uh, and maybe that's what we just have to get used to, Chris, as It's assignment as football. It's assignment football. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's got some younger players, but he's starting to build depth. And uh, the the back half of the defense is playing much better than it did last year. Uh, maybe does the defensive line need a little more push? Maybe uh, the linebackers are making a lot of tackles. So we'll see where we go going yeah, forward. This was uh, Andrew McCuba's. First game back, too, from injury. So, yeah. we got him back. That was huge. And Ra- I love the kid, Ruru, whatever his name is. Ruru? Yeah, I like that kid there. But, <laughs> you know, first time, here's something that I saw on, um, I think it was Fox that I saw this. This is Garrett Schrader's first game in, in his career that he wasn't 60% passing. So, he's a guy that throws a lot of really good he's passes. barely over 50%. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he was 15 or 29. I mean, that's another reason you won the game because you held him down. But, I mean, that, that's – I just think, you know, we've been talking about um, Clayton White. We've been talking about West Godwin and the issues at both teams. I mean, I think this way you got to stand up and applaud. You win a road game that you don't always win no matter how good you play because that place is – like you say, it's like Halloween when you go to Syracuse. I don't know what it is about that place. And when you play them, like I said, I've seen you play them on a Friday night and lost when you had everybody. And I've seen you win when you had nobody playing. And uh, so that's a good win for Clemson. It really is. And like I said, Wake Forest is another winnable game coming up. We'll see you next week. All right. So that brings us to uh, one of our favorite segments for money. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Did they earn their money this week? Well, I think you can the say. NIL, folks. I think you can say to Clemson people, maybe. Do you, do, you, do you hold Shipley and Moffa's money back? I don't know because we don't really know what the game plan was. It may have been to go in there and throw the ball like we did. Yeah, Shipley uh, caught a ton of passes uh, too. Yeah, and so we can give just about everybody over there uh, the, uh, the money. Carter, I think, had a decent game on defense. He might have could have played a little better. but Trotter uh, had a good game. Yeah, uh, so overall I think we can give – the Clemson guys, their money. Uh, down at Coastal, Sam earned his money. There's no doubt about that. Uh, you might have to take a little bit of Grayson's money and give it to the offensive line, so they might give him a little bit more town. <laughs> now, he's got to do that. Now, he's got to do know, that. Uh, 
So, uh, and then Carolina uh, offense, you know, got to give Mario Anderson his. He didn't touch the ball that much, but when he did, it was positive yardage, and we got to give it to him. And he's the coaching staff has got to see that this kid's going to be the number one running back, and just go ahead and name him that, and let's get him the ball. Rattler running for his life again, six sacks. He, X-Man didn't hardly get three or four balls thrown to him. So, you know, you can't just you, you can't give them the money if they don't perform. Uh, Jeter did a good job as far as kicks goes. We can give him the money. Uh, you want to give it to him, Stan? One punter, guy earned his money, and that's Kai Kroger. But, well, I was getting ready to say, the punter, we got to give the punter the money. I mean, he – he did a good job, and he completed another pass for a first down. How many had inside of oh. 10 has Kroger had this yeah, year? I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's got to be at least a third, if not half. Yeah, it's, it's getting up there. That's what Pete, man. Give give that coach credit. Yeah. <laughs> coach Coach Pete, he knows he, what he's, he's doing. Got his guys, he's got his guys going. So, But uh, all in all, you know, some guys are going, you just have good games, and you're going to have bad games. And, uh I'll give you two guys I'm going to get the money to. And I don't give Shador Sanders a lot of money because he's making his own. But he and Caleb Williams put on a show in Colorado. If you missed it, you missed a football game. Well, six touchdowns. Both of them were about Williams and Well, five we talked about this. I'll get y'all's <laughs> so. opinion on it. We talked about this game the other day. And we said 9 o'clock start time. This has got to be weird. Okay, USC comes out on fire in the first half. Just lighten it up, I mean. You, you thought the game was over at halftime. But then they came out in the second half, and uh-oh, that altitude done got to them. <laughs> they slowing down a half a step or a step. Dion's boys, oh, we in shape. We used to play into this altitude. Catch me if you can. And they, they laid some points on the board. If that game had had another five minutes maybe, Dion might have won that game. He might have. <laughs> They just ran out of time. And it's against a very weak USC defense. I, don't I, think I was going to say that, but anyway, it's all yeah. good. <laughs> that defense is not what it was last year. No, but it 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 had to be good for, for Colorado to come out of there with only a seven-point loss to USC and, and Caleb Williams. And Dion does I mean, like moral victories, by the way. He likes them. Yeah, he does. It, Prime loves a moral victory. Shador yeah. says, what are those? Yeah, that's what Shador says. Never heard yeah. Of them. yeah. But, I mean, like I said, I wasn't sure about Shador until that game. And yeah. yeah. He just lay an egg against Oregon, no pun, yeah. but he did. I mean, in Oregon, he just didn't have his best stuff, and in this game, he did. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be this way all the way through the Pac-12, and they're a really good conference. You're going to play better defensive teams. Right You're going to play better defenses. So, it's gonna it's only going to get tougher for him, but I think he does have the game to play it. So All right, so that's uh, did they earn their money? We'll have yeah. it for you again coming up uh, next Monday and find out the details of who did and who <laughs> didn't to go along with it. Uh, well, we can we can already count Carolina out because they're off next week. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to pay them next week. I ain't going to worry about them. <laughs> as long as you make it to the treatment room, you're going to get your paycheck. Yeah, you get the that's ice bath. Pay, Come on. That's where your paycheck's waiting on you, in the, in the ice bath. Ice bath. <laughs> All right, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by, take advantage of the great lunch specials that they've got here. They've got a fantastic breakfast menu to go along with all of that. And B-Rad is in the house for happy hour. He's got the coldest beer in Greenwood to go along. And you can talk Tiger football with him, basketball, baseball. He loves it all. 
He does, man. The man walks outside, and all of a sudden the bar is full. I, I, he's going somewhere and taking people. Yep. Now, so. if you, now, if you you come in at lunchtime, you got to talk Taylor Swift with the with the waitresses, <laughs> <laughs> and do it the right way. It's not like I did today because they they all set me straight pretty quick. So, <laughs> but it's a great food, and a great uh, time that you have here. Bring your friends, bring your staff, and come on out to Howard's on Main for lunch and for breakfast. Get that well. burger today. It's good. Yeah. All right, a lot of other things that are going on in and around our area that uh, we need to talk about as far as some of the high schools and area uh, teams that are going on. Let's start, before we get into the football, um, boys and girls swimming. They had the county meet this past weekend. Um, That went well. Greenwood High took first place in the boys. Um, Emerald was second. Palmetto Christian was third. Cambridge Academy came in fourth in that regard. And congratulations to uh, the Emerald boys, Michael Norland. Uh, took second in the 200 free, third in the 100 breast. Cole Ashley had second in the 50 free. Tim Logan took third in the 100 fly and second in the 500 free. Also, you had Harrison McPhail took third in the 100 back. That was there. And the boys relay ended up finishing third in the 200 medley relay and the second in the 200 free relay and second in the 400 free relay. So big, big events there. Girls swimming, kind of the opposite. Emerald High took first place overall. Cambridge Academy snuck in there at second. Greenwood High was third, followed by Powell. Metal Christian, and for um, for Emerald, uh, you got to look at uh, Paige Norland. Uh, she made the all-county team along with Estella Trent and Rosalie Trent. And then you had Paige Norland, I mentioned, 50 free. She took first place in that, uh, took first in the 100 breast. Estella Trent, first place in the 100 fly, first in the 100 back. Um, uh, Hannah Sosby, third in the 100 free. They, these girls, when I was coaching, they were in the 8 and under, 9 and 10-year-old range when I ended up retiring from coaching swimming. So see them now in the high school ranks and, and what they're doing and how that these some of these times are just unreal that they have out there. So congratulations all the way around to those girls. Proud Papa Tom Carroll. Let, let me ask you a question. You know how a lot of times you have what's known as home field or home court advantage? Is there a home pool advantage? Well, everybody's <laughs> got the home pool advantage because you, you all swim and, and practice in the same pool. There was there was a time when um, we actually looked at it, and, and Hunters Creek had a pool. You had the pool at Connie Mack. You had the pool at uh, Gatewood to, to go along with it. There was a time when we looked at all that and possibly kind of mixing it up and everybody having their own home pool. The only problem was uh, the, the, the YMCA is the only one that had – starting blocks on YMCA was the only one that had the timing system and everything else to go along with that. So uh, it all comes back to everybody practicing in one pool. Also, you got to remember a lot of these kids are on the same team as far as the age group swimming goes. So they know each other very well and what they're capable of doing and what they can do with each other. So you've got that little mix into it as well that plays a little fun game. I figured you'd come back and tell me something like it depends on the pH balance of the pool. But Well, <laughs> i tell you this. It depends on uh, what the water temperature of the pool is. I'll give you that much. The colder okay. the pool is, the faster those kids are going to swim. I like it. That's what we need right there. Yeah. And it's not going to be you know, 85 degrees. Perfect. It's not going to work. Perfect. All right. Other uh, teams that uh, took place in some of the activity that placed over the weekend. Uh, Girls golf. um, When you look at that, the Greenwood girls ended up beating Westside 203 to 232. Uh, Guess who had the best score overall once again? Uh, Yep, she's dominant. Maddie Jones just absolutely 46. But Aubrey Holland was right behind her, had a career best 47. um, And the team had that convincing victory to go along with all that. In volleyball, um, the Eagles ended up beating Berea 
in three sets, 25-16, 25-12, 25-16 to go along with that. So uh, they got a big game coming up uh, or match coming up tomorrow. Um, you know, it'll be the Dig Pink Breast Cancer Awareness event that's going to be taking place over at Easley. So we wish them the best of luck going on to that tomorrow. By the way, volleyball team right now is 4-2 and two in region play. They're 12-9 and nine overall in the regular season, 17-14 um, and 14 if you include the preseason to go along with that. So they're, they're doing extremely well there. Um, let's see, who else am I looking at here? Um, I think that's it. That's all I got as of right now uh, as far as some of the others. As we get into football, and there were a lot of great football games. Were there not this past Friday night? We were the best one, by the way. So. Yep. <laughs> but the, the, the theme, I'm going to tell you this, the theme for this, this, this past Friday night was penalties. Every team in the Lakelands this time around had a bigger than average number of penalties than they've had in the past as far as penalties in a game. Mm. And we'll kind of dive into that as we go through them. <laughs> I'm not liking that aspect of it because that's one thing I think you can shore up is your penalties in a game. But, I mean, if, if it's – maybe there's – maybe – I'm not going to say it. Let's get rolling with it. What you got? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about McCormick. As uh, they were at home, they got to end up hosting Ware Shoals. Uh, and they hadn't come up with a win in a while. Uh, matter of fact, they were winless going into this game with uh, – uh, with Ware Shoals. They come out with a 20-6 to victory um, overall in this one. Kalen Morton ran for 12, 112 yards, had 23 carries, also had a score that was in that one. Um, and, and, you know, some of those were assisted by Ware Shoals and the penalties that they had to go along with all that. Uh, when, you, when you look at it, uh, as far as, the you know, what their, what, <laughs> what their senior was able to do in uh, Thomas, Bakion Thomas, he had a pretty good night overall. Um, he had two receptions, 35 or more yards to go along with that on defense. Ended up with two INTs uh, in the process. So he had a big night overall uh, to kind of help s cement that victory for them, for the Chiefs. Well, I think this was a game that we all felt like would go this way, and it was mainly because we didn't think that Ware Shoals had a number of bodies to, to – keep taking the body blows from that McCormick was going to hit them with and be able to play the second half as well as they played the first half. And I think that's probably about what happened. Well, you know, Kenya Morton ran 23 times for 112 yards. Uh, we mentioned Thomas, four carries for 94 yards. Uh, for Ware Shoals, Justin Lomax, 20 carries, 129 yards. Well, that's the one-man show and, anyway. Yep, so yep. so he, he had a big night that was there. In the passing department, Cam Durant, three of nine for 47 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then you had Taquan Thomas, one of two for three yards. Uh, that was there for Ware Shoals. Jaden Johnson, 0 for 5, and an interception to go along with that. I I try to find out what's going on with Stevens, Marquise Stevens, the quarterback at McCormick, because this is the third game in a row he hadn't played. Um, and I think it's an injury. Uh, didn't get a solidified answer down there. But to see a linebacker slash running back playing quarterback is a little something to watch with Cam Durant. Um, it shows that he can do about anything that he wants to do. And this was a win. I, you know, going into it, I kind of thought where Schultz probably was the better team. Uh, because of Blue Max, and then and Coach Dobbins is probably going to tell you, man, Sawyer was ready for him. And, um, I mean, Collier, excuse me, I said Sawyer. Um, Collier was ready, to, and they got a much needed win. This McCormick team should, honestly, Tom, they should have about four wins already on the year. Mm -hmm. They've let a couple of them Fox Creek, and then you're not going to beat Avalon Lincoln and win your McCormick. But, you know, a couple of those games that they let go 
you know, and this was shaping up to be another one, and they just took control of it and said, not again. We're not losing another one like that. <laughs> not going to happen. So McCormick's got Southside Christian uh, <laughs> yeah. as they'll go on the road up to Greenville for that one, where Shoals will go on the road. They won't be far from that spot as they're going to Christchurch. <laughs> we'll talk about those games coming up on Thursday to go along with it. Well, how about the Greenwood Eagles and a big opening region win against the Berea Bulldogs in this one? And uh, it was the Wade and Wade show when you look at it. It accounted for five touchdowns overall between Alon and Elijah. Um, you know, Alon, by the way, 103 yards. He had four touchdowns, two of those on the ground, two of them through the air um, on that little quick pass out to the flat, and then it was just go time for him from there. The tackles that he broke uh, on both of those rushing touchdowns, he went through at least four guys he did. each time. He did. I, you know, when we were on the way up to the game, we were discussing it, and you were like, well, this could be a game tank. Gary has a huge game with what we were thinking. And, and like I said, I think this was a game that Chris Liner says, I got other guys I want to see in case something happens to Tank. Tank still and ended up with 83 yards. He, well, and yeah. like I said, we felt like probably 250 going into the half. He was going up with a good many yards rushing. And I love to see it. Um, and for the first time in a long time, y'all got to experience what I experienced. <laughs> I, I am the guy that loves to sit in the crowd. I don't care if it's home or away. And we got to sit uh, in the visitor stands up on top right there at about the top of the bleachers. Line, right and, next to the band and the mayor. And, and that was else. awesome, man. I mean, I had that was a great time. We could do that every game. I'd be for it on the road. Trust me. But Well, and I, I do want to give a big shout out to all the Greenwood fans. I mean, <laughs> uh, when you go on a away game, you know, you expect to see a few of the players, mamas and daddies, and maybe a girlfriend or two. But usually the home team still outdraws the visiting team. Um, that was not the case Friday. Greenwood showed up loud and proud. Uh, it was a home I game would, for Greenwood. I, it, it, really was, was. it was basically a home game for Greenwood because I know at one time uh, I counted 41 people in the stands for Berea, not counting the band. And Greenwood had three times that, if not four. I mean, it was that whole side that we were on. We had the Greenwood band on one side of us. And then from from that aisle <laughs> to the other end was Greenwood folks. And we had them sitting in front of us. Uh, I think Tristan's mom and dad were yep. like two or three rows down in front of us. And then you look over there, and there's a whole bunch of other people. So it I, I just got to give a big shout-out to all those that came out. It means a lot to the players. It means a lot to the coaches. And it means a lot to us. We see it. And uh, it was just a great time. And, Tom, I yeah. think we all enjoyed <laughs> it. Now, uh, all the extra equipment we had to take, but uh, we still made do. And, we made it uh, go through. We made it get through. And at least it wasn't raining. And yeah. the challenge has already been put out. Everybody posted on the mayor started it. I followed up on the Greenwood website. We're expecting that bigger crowd easily, and I want to take yeah, that stadium more. over too. Let's yeah. take it over. Let's take fun. it over. Yeah. Well, you know, as big a game as the lawn had um, – and all the Wades had in all of this. The play of the game for me was the NFL-style catch that Zion Hawkins had in the side left sideline down around the five-yard line. Both feet in, leaning out, out of bounds, making the grab. And basically, that was, that was a third down. And credit 
Thomas Chandler for making a block that allowed uh, Tristan Lewis to make that pass because he took out two defenders. He blocked one into the into another, ended up giving him time to make that throw. And Tristan basically set both feet and launched that a good 50 yards downfield yeah. and was able to, to – connect with Zion Hawkins. To me, guys, that was the play of the game. Like I said, that, you, that was the turning point of the game. That too. was, did you see that play? Yes. That was, did you see that play? <laughs> now, you, you got to put in context, too. I mean, there was that little old number 23, Mr. Wade, he let Berea know, I'm Mr. Wade, because you're not going to bring me down with one person. I will run you over. I will shimmy and shake and leave you laying on the sideline, and then I will outrun you. So yeah, speed wise, there's no. Once he breaks it, break, there's nothing. Yeah. I mean, he had two catches. They had too many men up. No, close. no, nobody. I don't think in, in the state's gonna catch him like that if he's got that angle and he's got that that much of a big lead. But you're right, that catch was huge, and just yeah. the fact that I've been telling you, you know, I've seen Christian play outfield on yeah. baseball team, and he's got a cannon. Or an arm. But how impressed would you also with, with Coach? Because once we got the lead, he was able to get a lot of guys in. We got to see Pumpkin at quarterback a good bit. Of the- oh, Ty Johnson. Yeah. Where have we been hiding this young yeah. guy? Well, well, that's just like with the Wade brothers. Where have we been hiding? You know, Chris has been telling us all year, you know, y'all just – just I don't have enough balls, down. man. And Tom We're Johnson okay. has, We're has okay. one speed, and that was all, all out, out straight ahead. Straight ahead. <laughs> He's yeah. solid now. Yeah. He's a rock-solid player. He, I, I want to see, like I said, you're going to see a lot of everybody now. Because we're region, and it's time to start going. So you're going to see a lot of kids getting a lot of play in time, and they're ready to step up, and they're ready to show out. Looking forward to it. So big game coming up, one and zero in region play. That's the most important thing that's there. Now we get easily at easily. We'll see what the Green Wave have as they've got some pretty good uh, offensive weapons to go along with that, and their defense uh, basically shut down Pickett this past Friday night. So this should be a good one. All right, uh, Collington Prep. They uh, got to host the Hawks of Greenwood Christian, uh, and they end up defeating Greenwood Christian thirty-two to fourteen in this one. This was uh, kind of a long night when you look at it uh, in the second half. Greenwood Christian stayed with them for the most part in that first half, but the second half made a big difference um, in this one. I'm not even going. <laughs> the, the star player for Prep, I found out, is a uh, he would be what would we call an outlaw of mine, but. Uh, a really good player down there at Collin and Prep. This is a good football team, well coached. And like I said, for the past three or four years, they've taken every player from Collin and County there is down there, which used to be Walterboro High School. Um, this is a game that's just like, I mean, you're two, two and a half hour ride for one. I'm sure they traveled well. Uh, we just think so much of, of Kate Eaton and some of the, and the other guys coming in there and what they can do offensively. And I just think that when it's a, a better offensive team and it, it was a, it was a good shootout. It really was. When you look at the score, I mean, it's just it's one of those games that you can flip a coin half the time. But that's the team right there that you really got to be aware of when you go on the road to play Colin Bro. So uh, the Hawks will get Carolina Academy next as they'll be headed on the road. <laughs> or no, they're headed back here. Well, I was going to say it's going to be back, back at, at Victory yeah. Field. Yeah, so it'll be back at Victory Field. Also, I don't want them traveling two two or three times back and back. Mm-hmm. That's enough. All right. One of our uh, playmakers uh, of the Lakelands this time around, I guess you could say the guys that stood out, Zay King had another <laughs> huge, huge game. 180 or 198 yards. He had two touchdowns. 
uh, to go along with that as the uh, Wildcats end up winning 33-20 to in this one, 96-5-1 right now overall, but more importantly, 1-0 in region play. This was another close game at halftime, um, and it, it seems to be an occurring factor, like uh, the kind of feel you out in the first half and then 96 makes the adjustments and comes back, but it was 14-12 at halftime. I got a question for Coach uh, Bennett when you see him. How do you not let that man get two more yards? Russian. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a stat guy, and I want to see rounded numbers off. So. Yeah, make sure you ask the nearest. <laughs> but I, we called it. We said Zay King yeah. was the key to this game, game, and he was. I mean, Carver Davis, I'm sure, had a good game again. But I think what we keep forgetting about is that offensive line for '96 and the job <laughs> that that coaching staff is doing. I mean, Zay King doesn't do this by You're himself. Right. You're Carver right. Davis doesn't do it by himself. He's got to have his friends, his buddies. They got to make, and evidently they're making some pretty good blocks for the kid to go for that many yards. I mean, got, and it's the downfield blocking by the receivers. It's everybody. Uh, yep. Well, you may remember I made mention of penalties. Uh, both yeah. teams in this game, Blacksburg had 150 yards in penalties. 96 had 90 yards. That'll kill in you. Penalties. Yeah, those kill um, you. Yeah, so that's <laughs> that's that's one. That's just one of the games, that, or the second game that we talked about, where penalties have played a major factor mm-hmm. um, here. What? at the halfway point to go along with all that. All right, uh, St. Joe's, they got to take on the flashes of Calhoun Falls. Uh, Running back Jamari Norman had a rushing touchdown for the flashes, their only touchdown of the score uh, that was there. And, again, uh, St. Joe's uh, ranked in the top ten as of right now. 56-8 was the final on that one. Mm. I didn't even see the quarter. You just said it. But I I hate Jamari getting in the end zone. It's big. All right. Here again, that's – a 1A school playing a private school that uh, – This could be a different story next year. And that's what we're hoping. I, I think that, that would that, – especially in that one classification, classification yeah. that 1A classification with the Lakeland's teams because we have so many playing 1A football. Yeah. And that would be huge and if that did take three private place. schools that are yeah. involved in our tri- charter schools, yeah. I'm sorry. You can go yeah. with that route. All right, uh, the Saluda Tigers, they take on Pillion, a team that 96 beat handedly last week. Uh, Saluda gets them this week again. Um, not really close. 42-13 the final in this one. Jalen Bledsoe, 11 carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns to go along with it to help kind of cement all this. The Tigers, 366 yards total offense. And to go along, and quarterback Drew Aaron, one bad, eight of ten in the passing department for 96 yards. His main target was Jalen Nick, who had two passes for 51. And, and I hear Coach Young let off the gas. <laughs> That's kind of a good thing. And uh, I think the reason, you know, I think one of his assistants is a head coach at Pillion now from Saluda. So that could be one of the reasons that did take place when it did. But all in all, man, great. That's what you expect because, you know, Pillion's, they had just played 96, a pretty good football game. Yeah. And whereas Dabo and Beamer don't believe in track games, I do. And as a player, I remember always you kind of – you don't want to tell your coach you're going to look ahead, but they had a big game coming up next week, and we'll talk about that Thursday. But that this was somewhat I thought might be a little bit of a track game for Saluda. And Young said, no, nah, it's not going to happen. We're going to put them away fast. It's so. not going to happen. All right. Um, yeah, we'll get that game on Thursday when we come through. Another one of those 1A games uh, with the private school, Southside Christian. They take out the uh, – 
Green Hornets of Dixie High School in this one as the final ends up being 35-7. to um, Stalen Johnson threw for 69 yards. He was 7-17 in the passing department. Did throw for a touchdown, though, to go along with that. And um, what is it, Kayla Sullivan and Tyler Glazer each had interceptions to help out. So, um, you know, But still, still a, a, a point differential. Yeah. And uh, Dixie's not that bad of a football team. Neither is Calhoun Falls, neither is McCormick, but uh, neither is West Shoals. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you, but they're, it, they're hanging for three a true one A schools. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're getting hung with one A losses when they shouldn't even be playing those schools. That's why when they play each other, you know you're going to get a good football game because it's right. even. It's across the board. Right. right. So and, they, and they're not going to disappoint. I mean, like I said, they they're they're starting to wind their battle down because I think every one of them have played the three. Yeah. I think for the most part. Um, so they should be getting back into what we call legitimate 1A football games yeah. against other Lakeland teams. All right. Uh, the boys over in Abbeville, uh, they uh, just keep rolling, doing what they do best. 40-3 to the final as they beat Liberty and the Flames there. Um, and we thought that would be a much better we game. We did. did. Uh, Liberty came in pretty hot, and, and they have played some good teams. Mm-hmm. In the process, Carson Norman, by the way, 85 yards, two touchdowns uh, for him. Uh, Mason Davis, 37-yard field goal early in the second quarter uh, to go along with all that. But just an, a fairly easy win for the Panthers over the Flames. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I this is a really good Happyville team, I'm telling you. So we're going to see them on down the road. It's going to be interesting when you do hit playoff times. Yeah, here's an interesting side note on this, although. The Panthers have won 35 region games now in a row. Okay, their last loss came October 2nd of 2015, and they've had uh, shutouts in 10 of the last 15 games. You got that game? I'm going to tell you what game it was. They lost to Southside Christian. I bet that I bet you're I'm right. serious. I, that's the I game Willie right. and I went to, uh, and that was the game that was at Abbeville, and I, the, the people were just like stunned when they lost that game. So, um, yeah, they, like I said, they're just as strong. I mean, they're strong. I mean, that's, you know, Norman, Carlos Norman is just a workhorse of a guy. And they just they got a quarterback that just goes in and does what he's got to do. Um, the fact that they've kicked a couple of field goals lately that we're talking about, that was a concern for us yeah. during the Jamboree. Uh, yeah. It's a kicking game. It looks like, you know, Coach has got it turned around and Coach Nichols doing what he knows about kickers because his son was one of them. So. Well, he might have went over there to the soccer team. And he might have. I still believe in that philosophy. I'm like Danny Ford. If you got a soccer guy that can kick it, bring him on. <laughs> so I'm for that. All right, um, and then let's talk about the strong half that the Eagles of East Side had against the Emerald Vikings. Emerald, um, they just continued the slide downward. Thirty-five twelve was the final in this one at Frank Hill Stadium, a game that we thought this was a beatable team. This we thought East Side is, was very vulnerable in this one, um, you know. But East Side, they managed to. Re- Return a kick for a touchdown. Um, you know, they, they had a 17-yard quarterback sack to go along with that. Uh, you know, all that just kind of unfolded in an eight-play summary for the Vikings, and that's hard to recover from. As much as we talk about charter schools, private schools, and all this stuff here, I think of Eastside, and now Stan's got a relative, uh, nephew, uh, nephew um, that plays with this team. This is the team that you want to talk about being robbed by Greenville. <laughs> I mean, every quarterback they get at Eastside is taken away from them by recruiting. It was Cutter Woods when we played them mm-hmm. what three years ago, two years ago, and then and then now the kid that they that they had this year went to Riverside or somewhere. I think Stan said. I mean, 
this is a pretty good football team. They were they did step out of the element a little bit to play with East Side. Uh, Coach Wilcox knows the area well, being at ninety six, you know, for several years. Um, but this was a winnable game. It's probably a little bit disappointing that they didn't win the game, but. You know, the one thing I'm telling you, Coach ain't going to want to hear about no moral victories. He's like, you know, Dagnamic, you know. I don't think there were any in this game. There were, and that's the thing. that he's going. And I, but, Tom, no one coached the Bows. That's what he's going to tell you. Ain't nothing happened good in this game, Tom. Well, they lost Foster. <laughs> he got a personal fight or uh, got ejected from the game, so he will not be playing this week. That's going to hurt there. Yeah. I mean, a lot. And, and, and I can, But I can promise you, Coach is going to have something to say about that, too. He's not going to be happy about what Foster did or whatever. And he's going he's gonna to call him out for it. It ain't an easy day over there today, I promise you, because he's running today. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they've got their hands full as they get ready well, for and this And we all know week, Coach so. Wilcox not to play down Emerald, but we know Coach Wilcox from his days at 96, and we know he's going to put a quality team out on the field. He's, he's fighting an uphill battle like a lot of the other schools, in, and, and something's going to have to be made of these kids transferring schools and not even gracing the school doors because of, well, I can just take my classes online. I'll show up down there at school for football practice. See, that's not and, right. And that's not you right. should physically have to have your butt in that chair yeah. in that classroom. Yeah. I, I truly believe that, Jerome. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> But, you know, um, Coach Wilcox, he's put together a good team uh, from talking to Caden and those. Uh, Caden's just a sophomore. But he was leading it, plays linebacker, and was leading the team in tackles. So, uh, and he likes Coach Wilcox. He does. And a lot of the players like him. But, you know, still they're losing players. Like Chris said, they lose players every year. And that's unfortunate. Well, Emerald, uh, luckily for Emerald, they were the only team in their region not to play a region game this past Friday night. So, uh, they are still uh, undefeated in region play, right. as you want to look at it that way. Hey, the whole schedule is still ahead of you. Still ahead Every of you. goal and, is still ahead of you. And you've got a Woodruff team that you're going to be facing this coming Friday night that's just suffering injuries and all kinds of other things. You, I mean, this is – Go out and get your big this region This is going to be win. a big win, yeah. So we'll talk about that game coming up. Yep. Uh, and, and that's what I got so far for guys. Uh, anything else you want to come Awesome, man. Can't wait because I say, like you, I think this game this week for Emerald could be positive. Think it could be a big one. All right, that's going to do it for us. We invite you to come on by, see Howard Corley and be around here as they've got a lot of things that are going on during happy hour. And uh, if you've got a catering need, they can satisfy all of that as well, whether it be at your work uh, or an event that you got coming up. Best of all, though, we like to come during lunch. Thursday is the twice-baked potato with a ribeye steak sandwich, Chris. Just daggum good food, man. Come on out here and get it. And as always, we'll see you on Thursday as Chris Cox for the Coach Stands By V. I'm Tom Carroll, and we are the Lakeland Sports Guys. Have a great week.